0: Owl
1: Nation, you are now listening to the Owl Chat Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Kennesaw State Athletics,
2: with your hosts, Kai Millett and John Finer. So I have plenty of words to eat from our preview on Tennessee Tech as the Owls Fall 17 to 7 and fall to 1 and 3 on this abbreviated season. I am joined, as always, by my partner, John Finer and a very special guest in studio, who I'm going to go ahead and let John introduce for us. I wish he could be here under better circumstances, but nonetheless, uh, John, go ahead and take us away.
1: Yeah, we have the privilege to be joined here in studio, quote, quote, in studio, by uh, Trey White, um, if you guys are old school OGs of the Kennesaw State Football Program, you know exactly who he is. You don't need any introduction. Uh, if you guys are newish to everything, Trey is the uh, first starting quarterback in the program's history. Uh, he ran for about 960 yards um, in our first year of existence in 2015. Then I believe the second year uh, was when uh, Chandler Burks, uh, legendary Owls quarterback was getting his feet wet along with uh, Daniel David. I think if I remember Trey kind of transitioned into that goal line QB uh, to really put his head down and get the ball in, you know, at the one or two yard line that sort of thing. Uh, we, I don't know where our, the program would be without Trey. He really ushered it in, took a leadership role, and um really put everything on the map especially in year one when all the quarterbacks were hurt and we didn't really have much depth um you know he brought us to a winning season got some key wins over like uh monmouth uh dick shorter uh east tennessee state in the first game so we owe trey a lot we appreciate him uh being here and um, just want to introduce him and you know kind of see what are you up to uh these days as well trey
0: y'all are too kind too kind thanks for having me um I definitely miss it, but I am currently living in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, I've been in Texas now for about four or five years. Um, work brought me out here, and uh, that's where I'm
1: at. Yeah, you've been off the grid a little bit, man, on on Twitter. Uh, you know, we had to really dig to find some connections to bring you on in.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a little old school, so I'm not really big on social media. Um,
1: you're, yeah. you're probably much happier for it, so congratulations. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Well, you know, Kai, go ahead and bring us in. Now that's, yeah, that's yeah. fun talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, No, can't blame you. But um,
2: anyways, before we get into football, uh, I do have a little positive note that we'll touch on in the midweek update. I am wearing my Kennesaw State Owls uh, soccer shirt in honor of them scoring their first goal in six games today. Um, they lost, but, you know, uh, baby steps. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, just uh, let's talk about our game day experiences a little bit. John, you and I were planning on going originally, but... Life happens. Um, I got sick, ended up having to watch the game on my laptop at home um, while Alabama Ole Miss and everything else was on the main TV because, you know, there are other people in the house. Um, but I was locked all the way in. Uh, the broadcast was terrible. <laughs> um, John, I know you've got plenty to say on that. Um, it, they're one of their commentators, uh, you know, don't want to drag him too much, but apparently his name was. I don't just think you messy. could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, John and I were joking. Um, just during the game about how his name is just Mets. There's no first name. There's no last name. Um, it was just Mets. Um, whoever was operating their score bug was um, as I saw on Twitter, either drunk or six years old. Um, it was honestly uh, a huge takeaway from the game because at points, I was very confused to what the down and distance was. So um, had to resort to just watching the sticks basically the whole time. But um John, I know you watch from the comfort of your own home too. So just tell me about <laughs> your time.
1: Well, I have a lot to get off my chest, Kai. Uh, <laughs> first off, um, thank you very much for getting sick. Um, you saved a lot of mileage on my car, uh, a lot of gas money, uh, food money. You know, so whoever got Kai sick, thank you. Um, second, yes, uh, the guy's name is uh, Mets M E T Z. Which, you know, we did our little research, I think it's a guy named like Jacob Metz, who's in there, who's a professor in their speech department or something like that. Kai doubts that. But um, if you look up the picture, you know, you could probably, you know, you could probably find him at like Dragon Con or something. um, If you haven't seen him uh, last night at the game. But, you know, yeah, the announcing was, you know, wasn't great. We are spoiled, you know, Nolan and Barclay do an excellent job. You know, you can really tell that, you know, Barclay is a former player, knows what he's talking about. Um, and we appreciate that. And that's kind of why we like to get, you know, former players on, you know, you have Trey here, Nick Parada, Will Hagler, you know, guys that know what they're talking about more than us to keep us in line if we get carried away. So, um, but we, uh, you know, as far as Kai was I was talking about the little score bug with the down and distance. That was pretty horrible. I'm like, what is going on? Is it third and long? Is it third and medium? Is it third and short? Is it a first down? So I'm just glad it's over, but it's not the worst broadcast we've ever heard. But, you know, we're we're not coming in at a position of strength right now to where we have the authority to, you know, crap all over another broadcast team. Our football team needs to do a better job of putting us in that position to where we have this feeling of you know, superiority over them. So yeah. What were your thoughts, Trey? I thought
0: anytime the broadcast is as bad as the game, it's going to be a a rough, rough watch. Um, Yeah. It was tough. That, that they showed the ESPN ticker when they, when they went up to the booth and he had one name. I'm like, is this a a hip hop, you know, seal Now, I mean, what's going on here? (laughs) Yeah,
2: it was, it was ugly. That's, um, I had it muted for most of it. I'm not going to lie.
1: I, I did.
0: I had, to mute it. I had to mute it too.
1: I did too. The KSU department keeps really, you know, I think they knew what was coming because if you saw before the game, Nolan uh, and I think he got retweeted from the official Kennesaw account, it was like, pause the game with the radio audio and line it up. And, you know, I know they do that anyway, but I really felt they had some good foresight here by trying to get people to do that. Um, but yeah, we're, we're spoiled and, and, you know, it, it makes a bad game worse. I'll just put it that way. And I can't do the whole lining it up on radio. I've never been one of those people where, you know, the announcing is just that important to me, where I'll go the extra effort out of my day to try and align two different things. Especially, what if I have to, like, go to the bathroom or something, and I pause one, and I lose it, and it's like, it's just a disaster.
2: Well, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like, at this point in the season, um, we have to adapt the military attitude of embrace the suck. So, just, you know, take it all in feel it right now um embrace what it is feel you know (laughs) the emotion to the fullest extent so I think that's the only way we can approach this one John but uh, yeah
0: before we get into the game I do want to say the fact that if you go back to like our opening season and then you know throughout the past you know six seven years Kennesaw State put a huge like, priority on the communications part of that. You know, we had um, Mr. Art and Brian, and obviously now we have Nolan, and we just have had some, like, really good um, talent in the commentating side of things. So I guess that's one positive we can t- take out of all this. Yeah.
2: KSU could a school of communications and media, you know. They do a great job. They do a great job
1: even though they don't have a lot of money. So, you know, I guess being located in Atlanta, you could find more talent willing to do the games than perhaps if you trolled uh, Cookville for good AV people.
2: I mean, hey, and there's nothing bad you can say about Nolan. I mean, the guy truly has a passion for what he does. And um, I I think we're going to see him at the next level in
1: coming years. So, you know, wish him the best. Absolutely. So now now we get on to the even more depressing parts, right, Kai? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk
2: about the game a little. Um, Start with the positives. Uh, First three drives, um, we come out and get two stops, uh, march right down the field. And Jonathan Murphy throws one of the best balls I've ever seen him throw in a game um, to Gabriel Benyard uh, for the score. We go up seven nothing. And you and I were both feeling pretty good. Uh, I was texting you uh, talking a whole lot about how I think this year we would have been uh in the upper echelon of FCS teams um because you know our two previous losses don't look so bad anymore um and then things immediately uh headed south. so um I know you weren't as as optimistic as I was, but after that you know binyard touchdown, how were you feeling? did you feel like we were just gonna roll over them because that's that's how I felt so.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's how I felt, you know, between us. You know, I didn't say this, but I was kind of feeling optimistic. You know, it was like a 17 point win, you know, something like that. And I feel like, you know, under normal circumstances, that was something that was going to happen. But, you know, Tennessee Tech is after watching this game, you know, they're not a good team. They like to beat themselves like we did in past weeks with the penalties. And, you know, they're they're not that explosive. Uh, but they, again, at the end of the day, they are an FCS football team and have FCS talent. And, you know, if we're not going to execute, then, you know, we can lose the game. And we did. Um, so that was just my quick thoughts. Um, what about you, Trey? What were you kind of thinking early on?
0: Well, especially after that opening touchdown drive, I was kind of thinking the same thing. You know, we've, what, we are four and zero against Tennessee tech. Like, let's just continue this, uh, keep it rolling. Um, but man, I, I think it's really, as a season as a whole, I think it's starting to show, you know, when Coach Bow started the program, you know, we got this thing rolling. You know, we had key, key people like Coach Chestnut and Coach Critsey in the strength program. Um, and whenever you leave or whenever you lose people like that, there's going to be a transition period. Now it's obviously the coach's job to make sure that transition period is as short as possible. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like that opening drive right down the field, I thought the play calling was great. Um, but then after that, I mean, it just seemed like the offense wasn't in sync the rest of the game.
1: Yeah. And I thought Murphy, you know, after that drive, I was thinking, okay, well, you know what, maybe, you know, maybe we'll roll over him. If not, I thought Murphy just had enough, you know, talent in his legs to just kind of, you know, will us into some scoring position and get us another score or two, that kind of thing, just by outrunning the defense. Um, it didn't really happen that way, but, um, you know, like you said, Trey, you know, the coaches, you know, there's, there's been a lot of chatter on twitter about people coming for coach bo's head and you know a lot of a lot of anons people without names and faces on twitter you know trying to make a case to get him fired yeah I,
0: i think that is absolutely ridiculous i think you know when it's all said and done he's gonna have a statue in front of whatever stadium we have down the road um i mean to not only be the coach of the year but um you know what was it a year or two ago we had the best opening record in the first five years of any program in the history of college sports. So, you know, I think that's a little, little tough.
2: Yeah. yeah we'll get into the, uh, the Botox a lot later, but um, okay. it's, it's no, 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 you're good. I mean, it's, I thought you said Botox
1: for a second. <laughs> like, that's all, that's all you Kai.
2: <laughs> but yeah, um, I understand the frustrations, but there's a, there's a lot of context and uh, what Bo has done for the program um, should not be overlooked. Um, But yeah, we'll we'll get deep into that later. Um, But yeah, I want to start about start with um, just when things started to get bad. uh, We were still up in the first half and we were still kind of moving the ball. Um, We get in field goal range. uh, We send Cummins out there from 41 and he misses again uh, to push his um, number to three of eight on the season. Um, and look at 41 yards is not a chip shot. And I sympathize with kickers all the time, but I don't think Cummins is the answer. Um, is there another answer on this team? Probably not, but we got to stop trotting Cummins out there from 40 plus.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, we, we were in a situation, you know, at the TTU, uh, 41 earlier, early on in the game. And, um, I think it was what fourth and seven at their 41 and we punted. Um, and then ended up getting a, uh, going into the end zone. Um, you know, we, we need to, and then after that, Bo was a little bit more aggressive, but getting back onto your point of, you know, kicking it. Um, we do need to find another answer. Um, we need to find a balance between, you know, going for it when we're not going for it. What's our down and distance, what's our situation. It's part of the field. And we just haven't been able to find that uh, so far. There are a couple other areas. Uh, you know, people listed as kickers and punters like Jacob Ulrich, who we used a scholarship on. Um, so, you know, even if Cummins can't get it done, you would think a guy we use a scholarship on would be able to hopefully hit from 40 and in at a higher clip than, you know, 50%. So we, we got to do something. And, you know, I I was kind of giving him some slack in past weeks, you know, is it, um, you know, it's the snap, is it the hold, is it the whole process, but, you know we got to figure this out coach uh, i think buchanan is the special teams coach now i believe um coach glanton used to be the special teams coach now he's back on the staff there's enough minds here to make this work we got to figure something out
2: yeah, yeah. i mean go I ahead agree. trey sorry no you're good go ahead. all right um yeah i was just gonna say uh it's gotten to a point where it's like okay if we kick from 40 plus we're giving away the possession and we would be better off going for it on a fourth and 15. So um what's what's going on right now is not working. But yeah, go ahead, Trey.
0: Well no, I was just gonna say like I'd say the biggest thing that I've taken from you know these first couple games, handful of games, is you know, the identity of our program from when I was there through the past, you know, six years, um, has been control the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, if we need to get two or three yards on a fourth down, we're getting that. And then three, our special teams has always been really solid. So um yeah, you know, I, I don't. We still got a bunch of games left, but um, we just don't seem in sync. That's, I guess, that's my biggest take.
1: Do we have to make a move? Uh, do you think we make a move now in the kicker position? Do we keep trotting Cummins out there? You know, is it, at what so point? The, the it way,
0: yeah. So the way, um, especially practices and stuff work, you know, from the summer till now, um, you know, there's most practices end with, a kicking situation or some sort of special team situation. Um, so, you know, they're not just running him out, you know, and he hasn't proven himself in practice. Um, so if he's making in practice, I, I got to believe, you know, they're, they're putting the best guy out there that they think can get the job done. Right.
2: And I was just going to piggyback on that, John. It's like, you know, like we talked about, there are two other guys listed as kickers on the roster. Uh, Bo knows what those guys can hit from, you know, and, something tells me that there's a reason that they haven't been trotted out there. Now that does scare me a little bit because we used a scholarship on Ulrich, you know, so you would expect that guy to be a formidable kicker. Um, But yeah, I, maybe they're, you know, saving him. Maybe he plays the last four games of the year, who knows? Um, But they still think Cummins is the best option. Then Cummins should remain the kicker. We just shouldn't be kicking from outside
1: of 40 yards. Uh, That's, that's my opinion. And that's kind of been the way the program has operated, honestly, since. Yeah, but
0: if you think about it, I mean, it's tough as a coach when, you know, the biggest thing to me is just not, us not having an identity in the run game, or that's at least my opinion in these games so far. But man, if, if you can't control the line of scrimmage, you're you're really working to get points. Man, I, I don't know if this kicker can make it, but I mean, we got to we got to try something, Tommy. Um, so, I, mean, I don't think there's a right answer. You know, there's not always a right answer um, with a bunch of this
1: stuff. And this is all magnified because of how ineffective our offense is. You know, in the past, you know, oh, we miss a field goal. Okay, we'll just march down and try and get seven the next time. You know, every kick he makes now is worth a lot more than perhaps in past seasons when we can get right right back down there and swing another one. Yeah.
0: uh, (laughs) If anybody is a believer in kickers, it's me, because the first year of the program when we were winning games like, you know, 12 to seven with four field goals or, you know, whatever it is. So um,
1: I was lucky to have, have a good kicker. Um, yeah. We, Justin Thompson and Nate Robertson. They Yeah. They're not, they're not guys. They're not pro guys. They don't have the leg, but you know, for, like we talked about before, those are guys you can pretty much trot out there from, you know, 40 and in, especially Thompson to, you know, nail one of those. So, but you know, back then, You know, with our mentality, we probably didn't do that as much as, you know, we could have or maybe even should have because we wanted to go for it and we wanted to punch the ball down their throat. So,
2: right. I was going to say exactly that. You know, it's Bo taking a step back in his aggressiveness this year, um, both in punting and kicking situations. It also magnifies the the meaning of those three points. You know, if we're going to take away an opportunity from the offense, we better leave with three points. Um, So something's got to change. And
1: our punter is awesome this year. He's he's Um, been fantastic. And you know, I was just going to say, Trey, um, you know, perhaps Ulrich was brought in as primarily, you know, for his punting skills as opposed to his kicking. So, you know, he comes in, Hewitt is a world beater right now. You know, he's not, Ulrich is more on the punting side. Perhaps that's why he hasn't gotten in. I don't know. I'm not sure either. I um I feel bad
2: for not having done the research, but the third kicker on the roster, I think his name is pronounced like Mbonway, um, was a kicker at Presbyterian um and i don't know what his numbers are but i'm gonna find those after the show um see if he ever got on the field so yeah
1: i I can't even say his name um so let's call him like uh was it number 89 big m yeah i'll call him 89 that works (laughs) shares a number with hewitt too so yeah well i think i think hewitt was is listed as 90 but then uh, Uganda Nwoha had the same number or whatnot, and I think mm-hmm. they're like you know you can't have people on the field at the same time or something like that. So yeah. you know maybe they changed it and he's wearing his number. So yeah. you know, I think that's possibly what happened. But yeah, I think you it's between like 89 and 90 as well.
2: Uh, 89 looks better on a specialist, anyways. Just my yeah,
0: take. I, I think it's also one of those things too. I mean, if we're putting up 21 points a game and you know the offense is really clicking, you know some of those missed field goals get forgotten. So.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: There's some bigger, bigger issues at large.
2: Anyway, let's uh, let's not dwell on Cummins too too much. Um, <laughs> let's let's continue with the struggle though. Um, so I believe we were missing four starters on the offensive line. Is that correct, John? Yes, we were missing. I knew we
0: were missing a couple. It was it four.
2: Oh yeah, well, well, that, that makes four.
0: a lot more sense.
2: So yeah. it it turns out that a. An offensive line missing four starters is a lot better um, before they've played half of a football game. Um, They held their own for a couple of drives, and it wasn't, you know, like unordinarily bad. But in the second half, it was a rough watch. I mean, Murphy was uh, running like a, you know, (laughs) like he didn't have a head for the entire second half.
1: Yeah, he couldn't even get into his dropbacks. Um, You know, we were missing uh, Dawson, Hines, Uh, Paxton and Wright. So we're missing four key guys and you have two, you know, two freshmen playing on the line, two transfers. And then you have a guy who's probably a walk-on. I mean, at at what point do you just throw your hands up in the air and just like, what are you, what are you going to do? Like, we're trying to create this new, you know, this new offense here and we have a quarterback that's not, you know, used to just going through his reads and being that kind of player. And now he's having to run for his life on every and every snap and get it down the field. I mean, that's a, a big ask for Jonathan Murphy.
0: Yeah. And I think these are some things too. Oh, man, what's wrong with the offense? Well, okay. We had four O line starters out.
1: You know, look,
0: Murphy's numbers were not good by any means, but, you know, he is definitely someone he is so talented and he's someone that can make chicken shit into chicken salad. Right. Um, so, I mean, it takes a full team. It's not just Murphy. Um, he was put in some pretty tough situations, and I'm not biased at all from a quarterback standpoint. It's
2: okay. We'll get your take uh, from a quarterback standpoint in a second. Um, I do want to give him credit. Uh, that first touchdown pass, well, the only touchdown pass was a beautiful ball. I mean, that yeah, he was says, so pretty. That
0: was a good ball for a lefty.
2: I uh, <laughs> I forgot which game I was watching when it happened. So
1: he's made a lot of good throws. I mean, it seems like a lot of the throws though, are like it's, it's all or nothing, you know, it's either, Oh, that's a beautiful strike right on target or you know what, that wasn't really that close. So, you know, and again, it's not all on him, but you know, we want to find that consistency.
2: Right. And you know, while the offensive line and lack of depth uh, excuses some things, it exposes what I just said, which is lack of depth. And that's scary, especially moving up to the FBS level. It's like, we got to, We got to pull some guys out of the portal. We got to, you know, land some bigger bodies immediately because right now, um, if I had to guess, we probably have seven seven linemen on the roster who are capable of playing football
1: at this level. So, um, and it is it is very concerning, Kai. Um, We need we definitely need to you know address that. But um, you know, when you're down four linemen, you're just you're just not going to be able to do anything. You're not going to be able to. Play the same type of offense. Um, You got guys who haven't communicated with each other, playing next to each other. Al Hogan's been all over the place. It it's just a mess right now, and I I I don't know if we have any answers. Also, well, I would add on top
0: of that with those injuries, so you're you're having to play your backups in a lot of these you know um, positions. These guys just learned this offense. I mean, they're probably still learning. Um, You know, again, I don't I think it's. How do I put it? You know, Nick Saban over the past decade, right? Every year he's replacing a D coordinator, O coordinator. you know, these coaches get plucked to get to get. You know, they have better jobs. Um, man, Coach Bo, I feel like every year since I left, he's had to replace a D coordinator, right? Um, well, this is the first time he's really lost a good chunk of his offensive staff. You know, Coach Chestnut um, was such an integral part of this program. Um, you know, him going to Navy. whole new offense is really tough Um,
1: and how much you know Bo has never really been the play caller you know
0: but 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 he's very 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 involved
1: okay how you know when he was with coach chestnut you know what i mean well now you have a guy like chris planakis who you know has been doing this you know probably longer than bo has been coaching um what what is how does the how does that relationship change you know what I mean like with with uh of course chestnut he might be more hands-on with Klanakis it's like okay man you've been doing this forever you've been doing this with Lamar Jackson you know Colin Kaepernick you know I'm just gonna let you stay in your lab I'll kind of watch over it you know how involved do you think he is right now compared to how he used to be and does he need to perhaps be more involved I mean this is all just speculation
0: yeah yeah that's actually that's a really good question I, I would when the season ends i try and catch up with Coach Bo and Chandler Burks. You know, he's the quarterback's coach. Um, Coach Stewart, the tight ends coach, Coach Glant. You know, there's some people that are there that I'd love to catch up with on that particular question. Uh, My gut tells me, man, Coach Bo is such a genius um, in the offensive um, option game. Um, Now, we still have some of those components. um, But, man, I I would have to say he's definitely trusting um, Klinakis. Is that how you say
1: it? I believe so. That's close enough for us. Okay. Klonakis, Klonakis, uh, potato, potato. Coach
0: Klinakis, I, he's definitely got to be leaning on him, especially for in you know, the past game concepts and, and some things like that. But again, knowing Coach Bo, he's going to be very hands-on with the offense.
1: And right. we, when, something you know that a lot of places do when you bring in new coaches, you know they bring in assistants with them we've kind of kept the same staff on offense and defense and with defense with our defense, it's probably more along the lines of, you know, okay, this is what we want to teach. This is how we do it. You know, you can teach it, you know, with the offense, you're, you know, do you, I wonder if coach Klanakis is going to want to bring in his own coaches after this season. Um, And I wonder what that's going to look like. So um, that's something to consider. And also a point I wanted to bring up earlier I don't think we truly have the 85 scholarships. Um, I, I talked to somebody, you know, it's not super reliable or anything like that, but I think we're well, well below. I don't think we're too, too far over the FCS scholarship limit. So it's not like we're out here, you know, playing with, you know, 85 fulls or something like that. Yeah. So
0: do we get those 80, do we get the 85 numbers starting next year? We should definitely have them by next year, right?
2: I don't I, know if I, we have them as of this year, but we should definitely have them next year,
1: or at least the option to have 85. I mean, I think you can only bring in like a max amount per class, right? Like 30 per class. I don't, I don't think so.
2: I way. don't think there's a cap. I think it's just as many scholarships as you have. So yes,
1: yeah. year. I in, think it's, year it's a out.
0: total scholarship number. I
1: agree. I, I think when all is said and done, though, we're operating with this with our stupid red shirt roulette game that we're playing. We're operating underneath what FC, other FCS schools are, you know, going through. But so by trying to keep these red shirts in reality, um, you know, from the outside looking in, it might be, Oh, KSU has 10, 20 more scholarships. When in reality, we have so many, I can count so many players on defense who didn't play yesterday just to kind of, you know, I could probably think of like somewhere seven to 10 off the top of my head. And that's without yeah. doing too much thinking. And that, are, are
0: you saying that because they're being red shirted?
1: Yeah. Um, with this, uh, this year, you know, we're winning games is secondary Um, You know, coach wants to keep four games or or below you keep your red shirt. So we're holding off our, you know, pretty much everybody that has one available is being held out to only four games max. So we're ending up balancing out, um, you know, the, you know, oh, we got to bet. We're going to put these guys here for this game. The next game, we got these guys. So like, for example, Juan Silas, I think, started at linebacker yesterday, but you didn't see Garland Benyard, you know? So perhaps the next game you have Benyard, but not Silas, which is great because, you know, it gets them both playing. But at the same time, you know, when your offense sucks and your defense gets worn down, you're down a lot of guys. And Mm -hmm. I think that contributed um, as much as anything to, you know why we wore out in the third and fourth quarters because you got you know just off the top of my head jericho washington defensive back uh joe joe uh joe williams defensive back um sydney porter safety didn't play carlos allen he may have been injured last week but he might have been held out baron Hobson, linebacker garland benyard uh chance gamble starting cornerback. And you know, Naguna Nuoha, I think, might have been hurt. Tyler Scott, big defensive tackle, was hurt. I mean, Joel Park, Joel Parker, uh, starting defensive edge rusher, you know, he didn't play, I think he was hurt. So, our defense with the injuries and combined with the redshirting game, I mean, of course, we're worn out. So, of course, and you know, it was a horrible loss. You know, Tennessee Tech sucks. Well, what does that make us? We lost to them, but you know. Just people are not looking at this at a deeper level. They just see it on the surface. They don't know these things are going on. And some people don't necessarily agree with this. Some people, you know, this guy on Twitter was like, um, oh, no, we have to uh, we've got to win the games now. And, you know, I see where they're coming from. But, you know, we also want to have these guys available and built up these, sen- you know, these senior older players. Because when we move to FBS, you're going to be like, oh, we need FBS players. None of- nobody here is going to help us. But, you know, these guys are FCS and FBS. It's not a huge difference. Like, there's a lot of guys at this level that will be just fine at the FBS level. We're not playing UGA. These guys that were redshirting this year are another year older, another year more eligible. They're p- getting... In the college weight room, they're getting stronger. While we get freshmen next year, those guys get to sit and get stronger and develop. You know, we can't just get oh, we're going to get rid of all the FCS guys and get the FBS guys. Well, you know, a lot of the guys we recruited. You know, we we're going up against schools like you know FBS schools like the Group of Five, like Georgia State, Appalachian State, um, Georgia Southern, all that kind of stuff. So it just it just upsets me that you know people don't understand what's going into it. With that being said, the loss was still horrible. Tennessee Tech sucks. And I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs>
2: <laughs> sounds like Twitter finally got to you. Um, oh my God. Oh, y-
1: you know what? Yes. Hi, I'm back on this right here. Um, you know, it's just all these people on Twitter. What have I done? Yeah, exactly. They don't have a name. They don't have a face. You know, they come off as people that are just like, you know, that they've harmed, like Bo's done something to them, like probably former players. Former staff members, they come off as there's a lot of people that come off as more anti Bohanan than, you know, anything. Right. And I yeah,
0: in, in my in my experience, you know, I was uh before Kennesaw State, I was at the Citadel um with Coach Higgins and you know, he's a very successful coach, you know, coaching the NFL a little bit. Um, I've been around a bunch of different coaches. Um, I know there's not a better person to fix the ship, write the ship, however you want to put it, um, than Coach Bo. I mean, he's the best leader of men I've ever been around. Um, And I I think it shows a lot that not only has he lost a bunch of coaches over the the past five, six years, um, but, you know, he's lost coaches to the NFL, to Navy, to army, to, to big schools. So um, look, if there is a a knee jerk reaction, which some people I talked to after the game, for sure, were a little knee jerky. um, I I do not think that's what we need to do. Uh, I,
2: yeah, no, I, I do want to say um, while the whole redshirt situation is chaotic and maybe even poorly run at this point, people need to remember that it doesn't really matter at this point in the season. You know, we're only four games in. We've only got five left and two are against teams that aren't real college football teams. Um, worst case, you kind of just shut it all down. I mean, am I wrong here? You're four games in. You're trying to preserve guys. Um, I don't want to say that there's nothing to play for, but there's not a whole lot to play for in throughout the rest of 2023. You know, um it's gonna be okay.
1: Yeah, it's it's gonna be perfectly fine. And you know, I'm I'm going all out defending Bo and he probably doesn't even like me or know I exist. But no, um I do like uh you know, I do like Coach Bohan and I do think he's a great leader of men, like you said, Trey, and he deserves a fair shake. People don't realize that you know, Bo is locked into 2026. I don't know what the buyout clause is or how it would work. Even if we got rid of him, which we're not going to um, it, it's, it's, it's really just, uh, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm at a loss for words. These, these guys have gotten to me, Kai. It's okay. We're going to invite someone to the show at some point, right? <laughs> oh, I honestly, if you're okay with that, I would love to invite. Well, let's
2: bring him on the midweek the update. We'll have a, a special uh, Thursday episode. Let's get their faces all over the internet. That's what I want to do. <laughs> well, slow down there. We've already exposed Mr. Metz today. So
0: John's fired up. <laughs> Mr.
1: Mr. Metz. That's is that Tennessee Tech's mascot? Uh, yeah. Baseball something. humor.
2: But um, yeah, just moving on with the game, um, so we don't get too stuck on, you know, Bo and use up all of that conversation. Um you wanted to talk about uh, Ben Yard's lack of touches. Um, I think he had what six total. I think he had three carries and three receptions, and he's our best offensive player. That's obviously an issue. And then I wanted to talk about uh, Preston Daniels' lack of involvement this year, because like I've said on previous episode, every time he touches the ball, something good happens. Um, and this week, I think he had one real carry, and then that fake punt that went for twenty yards. Um, with his build and his skill set, I. For the life of me, I don't know why he's more not more involved in this
1: offense. Um, but Ben Yard, too. So uh, just give me the rundown on that. Yeah, I think Gabriel Benyard got banged up or something in the second half. But, you know, we still need to get him the ball more. Like, he's our most explosive offensive player. And oh, he's a stud. He is a stud. Absolutely. And at this point, you know, like you said, Preston Daniels, I want to get him the ball, too. Um, I think Isaac Foster is a good little player. You know, I think he's kind of living off his reputation at this point a little bit. He's not as explosive as he once was back in the day. Uh, the guy's, you know, he's got his AARP uh, coming in soon, his Social Security coming in soon. Uh, great leader, great kid. But, you know, I, I want to I wanna see other players get chances on this offense. You know, we were... We, Like Blake Bohannon was brought in as a receiver to, you know, for the triple option offense, you know, we got to have some guys, you know, that can run routes, some guys that can be more explosive, better athletes. I I just want to see something else. I want to, you know, if, why do we keep doing the same thing that doesn't work? Let's see what the other guys have, you know, at this point, like I said, what do we have to lose? I mean, at
2: this point this year, uh, the good thing is, is I think we'll start to see that, especially as we see more guys start to redshirt and we get the, the Lincoln game and the Virginia Lynchburg game. Um, just guy, get guys confident in playing football at the college level. Um, I hope we see it. Uh, I can't stress enough how frustrating it is to see Preston Daniels not get the ball more. Um, that is something that does irk me about this year, legitimately. So No, I'm,
0: I'm with you. I'm with you, but I think – You know, let's just take this Tennessee Tech game, for example. But when you can't control the line of scrimmage, it's tough to call any play. (laughs) There's not many plays in the playbook that work. Um, And, again, I'm just going to go back to this offensive transition. I mean, my gut tells me – I don't know this, but my gut tells me probably only, like, 40% of, you know, what Bohannon and Klinakis – like, 40% of the playbook's installed. You know, that they don't have everything – yeah, because well, he got hired in the winter, so they probably only had the spring and then this fall to, to you know, put some of this new stuff in. Right. Well, I mean, that leads to, though,
2: we have three more, you know, Division I teams on the schedule. What do you do? Because we're going to play those games, you know, whether this year means anything or not. You know, we're going to try and win those games. How do you game plan at this point? You know, do you just... <laughs> hype up the O-line, tell them to stick with it, just find a way guys or
0: how well, do you I mean, it obviously something works, you know, we had a we had a tough first half against Furman, a top 5 team in the country, and then man, I that second half we played so good. Oh, that was a great game. But, you know, when things click, it, it can work. Um it sucks to look at Tennessee Tech what they played Furman was earlier in the season. I got blown out by Yep. Yeah. 45 to 10. Yeah. So seeing that stuff super frustrating, but again, some of the stuff I, like I'm just learning from John. We had four starting a lineup. You know, little things like that make a huge difference.
1: And yeah, I think that's that's more than a little thing. That's that's oh, a major major, yeah, major major thing. You got Terrell Paxton, who's probably one of the leaders on that offensive line, a six year player out. I mean, you know, James Dawson, you could put plug him in at center guard anywhere. Seaburn Hines, a transfer. I mean, hey, one
0: thing we need to do, we need to collectively as alumni, everybody, we need to get names on the back of the jerseys.
1: I mean, what
2: do we do? I totally agree. That was I'm not the biggest Deion Sanders fan as a coach. You know, I think he was a, an awesome player and I'm a huge Falcons fan. So whatever. Uh, I think one of the coolest things he did at Jackson State was uh, getting names on the back of the jerseys. I think more FCS school should do that. You know, yeah. Look, there's the there's
0: a bunch of stuff coming up. I mean, especially with us moving to you know the FBS, um, I'm really interested interested to see like how Kennesaw State handles like the NIL side of things. Right.
2: And you know, while we're being negative about equipment, can we can we change the font on the jerseys, man? <laughs> I don't want to say we need a full on rebrand, but like it's hard to read. <laughs>
0: it's know? hard to read, but they look good, man. I, I love I love the unis.
1: You I love our color like scheme. I love the color scheme. Trey, I, I'm... I'm sorry to cut you off, Kai, but Trey, Do you remember how bad the uniforms used to be? Like you couldn't tell what number was anything. Now it, it's at least readable.
0: I don't know, man. I feel like you could always see number 10.
2: <laughs> I think we <laughs> should bring true. I think we should bring back the uh, Philadelphia Eagles style uh winged helmets. I was a fan of those. <laughs> I missed those.
0: I missed those. It. Sweet. I wanted to play on those so bad.
1: Yeah. And it would, that's a good idea. You know, it would be a good idea to kind of do a soft rebrand, you know, for the FBS, to you know, new uniform reveal, something like that to, you know, make it more exciting for fans. So that's, and putting names on the jerseys. I'm all for that. Um, even if it's just a freaking sticker, I don't care. You know, I don't know if it's a money thing or what, you know, oh, oh, this guy's getting off the roster. Cut him. You know, I
2: do think we removed the ASUN patches
1: yes we did after everybody made fun of them for thank god yeah (laughs) um but yeah i don't
2: know uh i I wouldn't be surprised if we had some sort of uniform rebrand going into next year just to you know generate a little bit of hype and also adidas doesn't supply to nearly as many fbs schools as nike does so they tend to take uh a little better care of their schools i think you know schools like miami kansas georgia tech those schools always have you know new additions coming out of their stuff so um But yeah, uh, John. I know you were encouraged by the defense. Uh, I, while I think they played well, was not that impressed uh, when you consider that Tennessee Tech hadn't scored more than ten points all year. Um, They got worn down in the second half because their offense could not stay on the field. And yeah, the defense lost. Right, absolutely, and it was like the Falcons' defense today. If you saw that game, Um, you know it's like, (laughs) man, the birds. And the owls and
0: the birds. It's tough. Tough being a bird fan this weekend.
2: Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, the defense played well throughout the whole game and then they just got exhausted. But it's no, still at tech.
1: But I mean, as I mentioned, you know, we're playing with we're we're willingly sitting people out there that you know would be absolutely able to help the team. I mean, Baron Hobson, a Jackson State transfer, you know, Garland Benyard might be the best linebacker on this team. Carlos Allen's a 300 pound lineman who can get in there and move. Joel Parker's a an older player, rush end. I mean, these are Chance Gamble, starting cornerback. I mean, these are men that were sitting out that w- would help us, you know, not not only create depth, but, you know, help force turnovers, put us in better positions possibly to win the game. I mean, I, I just think the defense, you know, they did a great job in the first and second quarter. And then like Trey said, you know, you can't, if the offense is not helping out, they wore out. And we don't have the bodies that we usually have.
2: Right. And, you know, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you. I'm not discouraged. And there's a lot of other factors at play. That being said, it's like, Tennessee tech looked like a high school team on offense for a lot of that game. I mean that, that flea flicker, they ran to the running back. <laughs> I was just like, what the hell was that? Yeah. That was one of the that... worst plays I've seen in college football. That was um, stupid. So I'm, I'm not going to say I was discouraged. Uh, they, they did fine. Um, it, it was an offensive loss. That being said,
1: uh, I wasn't necessarily all that impressed. Well, we are hit with an unevenness, as bad as it sounds, where the offense is not suffering from redshirt-itis. They're just not very competent right now, and they're hit with injuries on the line. Whereas the defense, it seems like everybody's one of those redshirt players. And, um, you know, our defense is probably operating on like a Division two level amount of scholarships right now, to be honest right. with you.
2: right. Well, I think scholarships and um, the red shirting is a, a bigger issue because, look, when it comes to injuries, everybody's banged up. It's football. All of our opponents are going to have guys out. So I don't really think that's, that's you know, a great excuse. Everybody's got guys out. I'm sure Tennessee Tech had a plethora of guys out. You know, they've
1: gotten mollywhopped their last three weeks. So I'm sure they've gotten beaten down. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they do, but, you know, like I said, we have, I mean, those are just guys I'm naming off the top of my head. We probably got second, third string guys that would have rotated in on the defensive line that might be sitting just to try to preserve their red shirt, you know, younger guys that, you know, freshman, sophomore types that they might not be great players right now, but their bodies and would help keep everybody fresh. And, you know, I just think we have to take into everything into account and, you know, credit to Bo, you know, I see what they're doing There's, As he mentioned in the press conference, they have a plan. They're sticking with it, whether you like it or not. Um, if we just kind of went all out and just started all of our uh best players um these last few games, you know, m- I think we did the last two games, but if we just started everybody today uh, against uh uh Tennessee Tech, I think we might have had a might have had a win. That's just my take.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think especially like looking at the vision program, which Coach Bo has to do, you know, I mean. Look, some of the top-end talent, definitely different from FBS to FCS. But across the board, biggest difference is depth. So next year, we, we got to have that, or it's going to be a r- really, really rough year. Um, so there, I mean, like like y'all are saying, there's a lot of things going on. Um, makes it yeah. tough. Makes it really yeah. tough.
2: Absolutely. Um, so, John, you and I said that if we lost this game, that we were going to have some tough discussions on this podcast um, so I've got a few questions and we're kind of gonna go around the room and you know, get do a little QA here. Um but I know you were keeping track of inactives to some extent. So if you want to go ahead and give the listeners the rundown on
1: that, because I was certainly not. Oh, I I I didn't really keep track today, uh, this last game. Um, you know, it's gotten to the point where it's kind of like it is what it is, but I did name a bunch, you know, like Sydney Porter, that safety that made that great uh interception in week one. Um we had, uh, you know, Jericho Washington, who wasn't out there. Chance Gamble wasn't out there. Just just so many guys that could have helped us that were willingly, you know, held out and not due to injury, not due to in- not very likely not due to injury. You know, some people might have been held out it's like, oh, I'm not feeling the best this week. I could probably play. Who knows? Maybe they were they were kept out um because they get four games anyway. So, you know, if you're playing. If you're a guy like Carlos Allen, who's a little banged up last week, maybe he's like, oh, coach, I'm I'm OK. I'm 80 percent. Well, let's hold you out and play, you know, the next two games instead when you'll be 95 percent. So, you know, there's probably some kind of formula and some kind of calculus and they're sticking to it. So, you know, it it sucks. We lost. I'm not panicking or anything like that. But I do yeah. want to see a better effort. You know, it isn't it still is the same amount of embarrassing.
2: Right. All right. So we're going to go a little bit out of order um, on these questions than I had originally planned. First one. Do we stick with Murphy throughout the rest of the season or do we give QB two Jacob Bryson a look? John, we'll start with you.
1: Uh, Davis Bryson. uh, Excuse me. Yeah. Davis Bryson, my fault. Well, first off, we've had a lot of success with uh, Bryson's in this program. So uh, shout out to Bryson Armstrong. Um, This is not a yes or no question this is a loaded question because jonathan murphy i like we talked about earlier it's not really his fault a lot of what's going on um our offensive line as we've covered it um my point is you know davis bryson has looked good in the i think he was in the tusculum game or whatnot when he came in and got some snaps i want to see him he's part of the future of kennesaw state football um as much as we love jonathan murphy as exciting as he is you know he's kind of no offense, he's the Trey White right now in 2015 of Kennesaw State football. He's the guy that's kind of just leading us into this year. He's a leader on the football team. I want to, I want to see, you know, him get some maybe some full games if we're planning on playing him versus Lynchburg in the lower competition. I also want to see him get worked in. Um, whether that means give him a whole half, uh, Bohannon has been known in the past to kind of you know give guy two drives and then give somebody one drive after that. I want to see him play because we got to know what we have in this guy before the season's over. If we don't, if we can't confidently say at the end of the year, I see a lot in this guy, we're going to probably make him QB one next year. Then what are we doing? Yeah,
2: Trey, you're the quarterback in the room. Give us your thoughts.
1: Yeah, um, I
0: think again going into which quarterback learned you know the off- new offensive implementation you know quickest probably Murphy. He had the most, most experience. Um, but again, like, especially this Tennessee Tech game, I mean, I don't really know what all you wanted him to do more, you know? Um, I think one thing Coach Bow, I know he saw it in me, but he is always looking at, you know, how can you turn a negative play into a positive play? Um, and, you know, Murphy is so, so talented. Um, so, you know, I think he's playing the best person to win right now. Um, if the mindset changes to – man, I want to see what, what I what I have in this player. Um, you might see that later in the season, but I think Murphy gives him the best shot to win right now.
2: Yeah, I fully agree with y'all on Murphy having played well enough, all things considered, throughout the year. Um, I like Jonathan Murphy. He seems like a really good kid. I've only talked to him once or twice, um, and I think he's been a solid quarterback and he's probably the best option this season. Um, but there are two angles to this, or there are two factors to this, I should say. Um, number one is what is more important? Uh, respecting Murphy's seniority and letting him finish out his college football career as the starter this year or playing Bryson and and looking towards the future and seeing what you have and kind of breaking him in a little bit.
0: That's the first thing. I think where coach Bo is in that mindset or that decision with the quarterback is who can, who, who gives me the best chance to win tomorrow or today. that's, That's what I'm trying to say.
2: That's what it should be, but the unfortunate reality is this season doesn't mean a whole lot, especially at this point. You know, Bo's not going to want to say that or hear that or admit that, but you would think they would want to get a look at Bryson at least. You know, I don't – it's tough for me to see a scenario, John. You bring up the the Lynchburg game at the end of the year where they sit Murphy for his final collegiate football game, you know, <laughs> a healthy Murphy. So um, that's the first thing. The second thing that concerns me, is Murphy is getting slaughtered right now? Are you going to throw Bryson out there and just let him take a beating? Well, or are you that's, gonna what wait? Get, that's what I'm getting at. You know, Murphy right.
0: with his legs is able to turn these what would be a ten yard loss sack into a plus four, plus five. Right.
1: Um, but Davis Bryson is also a dual threat, so we don't know what he can do. And yeah, you could. We could be putting him into a very bad uh, position by doing that. Um, yeah, but, but I, I'm going to make the hot take. Sorry to cut you off, John. But no, I'm
2: going to. No. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Bryson's decision-making is not going to be anywhere near Murphy's. I think Murphy is a million times more comfortable at this point.
1: Oh, I, I would, I would agree with you so, there. Just but as a he's... fan, I'm selfish. I want to, I want to see the, you know, I want to see the new guy. The, the
2: sure. Driver. Sure. Sure. And I think fans are guilty of that often as I am too. You know, I'm, I want to see Bryson play. I really do. Um, because there's a good chance he's the guy going into next year. Um, so I want to see it too. But just because he has legs, and you know he was a great dual threat and quarterback in high school, and he had that nice run against Tusculum, doesn't mean he's going to be able to improvise the same way Murphy does. You know, when we play Sam Houston State, <laughs> and you know we're down by twenty-one, and you know he's running for his life in the backfield.
1: Oh, so, oh no, yeah, I definitely don't. You know, ideally, don't want to play him versus uh, or Davis Bryson against uh, Sam Houston State. Yeah, but... and
0: again, I, I'm, I'm gonna say. A some of this knee jerk reaction from John over here uh, <laughs> is, I mean, you forget Murphy's won us some big time football games, Wofford in the playoffs. I mean, I think he's earned, earned the right.
1: And, and again, I'm not saying, you know, uh, just to clarify, I'm not saying bench Murphy or, you know, Murphy's not doing everything he can do. I just think we need to find a way to get Davis Bryson some time before next year and if that if that means playing him just versus lincoln and lynchburg in the in the two crap games i want to see that i want right. to see him spend a lot of time in those games i want to be at least be able to know okay this guy can push the ball versus lesser competition you know this is you know get him some experience and some reps you know if we have you know i i also wouldn't be opposed you know if we you know if we do put him in you know if our offense is sputtering just to change things up just to light a fire under everybody's ass like you know, do something different, you know. And, and you've
0: definitely seen Bo do that before, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to, to yeah. see Yeah,
1: and right. going off Kai's point earlier, you know, Bo, you know, Bo, you said Bo wouldn't admit to it not mattering, blah, 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 but by Bo playing the redshirt game that we're playing, he's already admitted that this season, you know, he values keeping those players, getting them to grow internally, is more important than winning right now. Right. And if... You know, Bo is, you know, Bo is obviously not worried about his job or anything like that. If he was worried about his job, he wouldn't be playing these games. So, you know, I don't I I think that's something that the trolls don't understand is that, you know, if if it's about self-preservation, he's not benching Hobson and Garland, Benyard and all these people. He I think uh, he has he's probably on the same page as the AD and the president and all that, like saying, hey, here's what we need to do to be successful um any other coach that we would have brought in this year is playing the same games and except works if we brought in a different coach that, uh, for this year then they have to not only you know change the talent from the triple option to whatever scheme they run they have to learn all the talent that we had last year the current coaches coach bow knows everybody's skill set on the offense already so we have you know a head start there now i'm not saying that Bo's you know, Bo's going to be the guy five years from now. I'm not saying Bo's definitely the guy that's going to bring us into FBS and win a whole bunch of big games. I don't know. I can't see the future. But um, we definitely, you know, we definitely have to take this one step at a time. And when Bo turns this program around, gets a more uh, normal offense in, if it does change, the next coach is going to have a much easier job rebuilding than Bo would.
2: Right. Totally agree. Um, uh, before we move on to our next subject, I just want to say, I think my ideal scenario, and I highly doubt this will happen would be, uh, you play Bryson against Lincoln, uh, get him broken in. Uh, we're going to win that game huge, no matter who's under center. Um, and then you let Jonathan Murphy, you know, play on senior night, um, beat the hell out of Virginia Lynchburg, um, and let him play against Sam Houston. So we have, as you like to say, a fighting chance in hell in that game. Um, so that, that would be my approach to it. Um, I don't think that'll happen, though, just because that's
1: not how these things turn out. Well, you, you could also split it up. You know, you can play on a senior night. You can play him, you know, the first half. Right. And, you know, that kind of thing. So there's, there's no set in stone way to do this. But, you know, I would like to just, you know, I would like to get a, a little glimpse of him. And I, I'm sure the coaches would, too.
2: One thing that's an unfortunate reality is, you know, we might not even have to have this conversation when Murphy's getting pounded, you know, six times a game in the backfield and, you know, he tweaks an ankle. You know, I think that's
1: a very, very possible thing um, over yeah. the next two games. So, with how our lines looking, uh, tweaking an ankle might sound like a positive outlook for Murphy, <laughs> to be honest with you. Right.
2: Absolutely. Um, but, anyways, next question What is salvageable this season and should people even care? John, we'll start with you again.
1: Well, we we laid it out for the year. The, the, the school was like uh, Jonathan Murphy and Bo. I, people say it was Bo, but I saw Murphy say it. We want to be nine and zero. Well, that's not salvageable. Um, I think what is salvageable right now is to have you know a you know a winning record. Um, I think we can still finish what five and four if we beat the two non D ones, we beat, um, Charleston Southern and we beat Tennessee Martin, we can, we can finish five and four. So I think that's what we need to set our new goals for. We need to play for that. Um, Charleston Southern who are playing next week. I think they gave up 77 to Western Carolina yesterday. Um, 77, that's a
0: big, that's a big rivalry game, like program to program, you know, Charleston Southern, we were competing for them those first couple of years for conference championships. So, um,
1: yeah, well, that would be boy, the last
0: the last edition too. Yeah.
1: yeah, that would be an embarrassing loss. So you know, I definitely want to win that one, and I think that probably you know play, You know, I think we tried to not put all our eggs in one basket, and with this Tennessee Tech game, you know, try and spread people out over to be more competitive over the next couple games, and you know, we we might end up screwing ourselves here or have screwed ourselves, but you know, we'll have to see.
2: Right. Yeah, just talking about Charleston Southern, I think their one win was um, a game against D2 North Greenville that came down to the last play. So they're not a very good football team, and it's a game we'll have a chance to win. So going to be an exciting one to be at. (laughs) So you're saying there's a chance? Barn burner, But, yeah, uh, uh, Trey, uh, I'll let you go ahead before I start. What's up? I said I'll let you go ahead on the questions before I start. What is salvageable about this season, and should people even care?
0: I mean, obviously a winning record is, is very positive. Um, so that's what they're playing for right now. It's going to be really tough. You got to win out. Um, kind of all I got, man. I mean, you know, we're in this tr- not only transitional period, you know, bringing in a new system offensively, but, you know, we've moved, moved different conferences, right. The past couple of years, now we're moving to FBS. You know, when I was, when I was playing, you, it was a, easily define what our goals were. We're playing for a conference championship. Um, If you take care of that, then the playoffs come. Um, And us not really having that this year had to have been kind of tough um, from a coaching standpoint out of how to fire these guys up.
2: Right, right. No, I'm I'm with you guys. I think the winning record is the the clear goal this year. Um, That being said, John, it's hard to tell – you to care about the rest of the season, (laughs) let alone the fans, you know. Um, It it feels disrespectful to call it a wash from an excitement standpoint, but – Uh, there's not a whole lot to be excited about in 2023. I'm not saying there's not stuff to be excited about within the program in the future. You know, next year is going to be a big year for us. You know, you're going to be able to turn on your TV, flip to ESPN on a Wednesday night or flip to CBS sports network and see Kennesaw state, you know, on a cable channel. That's not something you could do for a long time. Um, So there's, there's, there's definitely reason to still be invested and excited in the program as a whole. Um, but this year it's really difficult for me to tell people to keep watching and to go to games.
1: Yeah. It feels like preseason games and in, in the NFL, to be honest with you, it's like, it's kind of like, all right, you know, they're my team. I'll have them on, I'll watch, you know, but like the reactions that people are getting and on, on that cesspool known as Twitter, known as X, it's just, it's just horrible. Like just watch it for what it is. You know what I mean? We're like a we're like a four or five win NFL team right now. You know, just enjoy the game. See what you can get a glimpse of for the future. Wait till they put in some younger players. Let's see if they can bring in some exciting moments. That's that's really where we're at. I do want to see some younger players get their chance to shine, especially on offense. You know, like TJ, uh, I can't, I don't know how to say his name, uh, Miguel Murray, um, you know, Tykeem Wallace. I do want to see those guys work in more um, in the skill positions and perhaps some other players we're not even talking about right now, you know, that they might get in, in the later games. So I do want to see some new guys. And that's one of the things that could excite me, you know, later on in the season. Right. Um, and
0: and I I think you also got to think of, you know, again, vision of the program and, you know, the coach Bo I know is whatever it takes to win the next game. But, you know, when your program is being elevated to a, not just a new conference, a whole new division, um, I mean, we got to hit the ground running. Um, So, you know, some of these decisions, like I said, it's it's really tough. Uh, I don't know the right answer.
2: I'm going to say the – I think the thing that hurts with the fan base is going to be – um, the number of like secondary Kennesaw state fans that will probably drop off, you know, just like alumni who are huge UGA fans or huge tech fans or huge, you know, fans of other sec schools. But that's who what just
0: always fighting, right? Especially with attendance. at home, Right,
2: games. right, right. And that's tough. And that's really something that's hard to get over. I mean, pretty much impossible, right? Completely. Um, but what scares me is you're going to have those fans who, um, have Kennesaw state kind of drop off their radar and they're not paying the close attention like we are, um, that that does scare me a little bit. So we're going to have to winning, start winning, you know, at some point in the near future. Um, anyways, but next I, question. I just, just, well,
1: just want to say, you know, other stuff might get them excited, too. You know, um, it's going to take some time to get back to winning. Like, I don't think next year we're going to come in and be great. You know what I mean? After this year, I think we'll be a lot, you know, I think we'll be much better. But I think it might take another year or two after this to really build the program up and get our guys in there. Um, our fans, you know, got spoiled. You know, you win, people will, co- you know, people will watch and you know take interest. And in, um, they got spoiled a little bit by Kennesaw State winning every year. And now people are, you know, it's like, okay, why, why should I watch KSU when UGA's on? Well, you know, I, I can't really answer that right now. Right, right.
0: And that, um, that's the whole positive though of moving to FBS. Yeah, it's definitely going to take a couple years. Um, but man, I mean, if, if if we can start, we'll be in FBS. If we can, you know, put together not only a winning season, but, you know, if, if we can really start making a mark in FBS, we'll, you know, we'll be nationally televised. We'll, we'll do some of yes. these things to help grow the fan base. Yes. Um, and I so think
1: that, the more, that's what I think is really important. You, sorry to cut you off, Trey, but I no, think a more, a more pro style system is going to help eventually once we get it actually implemented and have the bodies to do It's going to excite a lot of people. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the triple option is kind of capped out to like the FCS. And, you know, it's it probably ended up having a ceiling, you know, final four, you know, be, to be honest. I mean, the the
2: military schools are still running it, but they're they're struggling. So,
1: yeah. Uh, so one, one thing on that
0: the offensive part would be, you know, one thing that we're moving towards right now. You know, we, there's still some of the fundamental triple option things that we're doing out of the gun and out of our run game um, that you see. A bunch of FBS schools do. So, yes, we're definitely not running the triple option anymore. But there are some run game option principles that we're, that we still have. And you see, you know, successful teams do it now um, at the highest level. Right. Absolutely.
1: And, and fans, you know, fans want to see. You're muted, John. Ah, sorry about that. Fans want to see uh, QBs throw the ball, man. And, you know, follow possible draft picks they they want to be proud of their players and you know in the triple option we don't really get that you know we know no pretty much anybody else unless we have some kind of super explosive slot back or something that's absolutely insane they're not going to the they're not going to the nfl and you know you you might lose a lot of interest that way right
2: and look you're gonna have to win um to get attention regardless of what level you're at so um winning at the next level becomes a new focus last thing i'm going to say is uh, in terms of fan interest, thank God for basketball. <laughs> yes. The the Man, success couldn't was, have come at a better time.
0: tough for me. So, you know, we, we have that incredible run. And we're kind of, you know, I'm, I live here in Texas. And to have people kind of know about Kennesaw State now is awesome. It, so we didn't have the money to pay the coach to keep him. It.
2: It's a long story, but
1: I mean, oh, more yeah. or less. More, more or less, yeah. But I we think we're we're pretty happy with how things are right now, though. Yeah, it turned out well. or I think it'll turn out very well and people will be happy.
2: The standard has been set for our basketball program and I think we feel good about the people in place. Yeah.
0: Okay. We'll, so, we'll have to talk about that again another time. I'd love at, to hear y'all's take on it.
2: Absolutely. We could talk about that for hours. But anyways, just two more questions to get through. We talked about Bo a lot over the podcast um, and Bo's job security. I want to say I am entirely with both of you guys I am not calling for Bo's head and I think I know that there's nobody who cares more about Kennesaw State football than the man who essentially uh gave birth to it (laughs) um that being said at what point does that school loyalty start to get a little hazy at one point do we start questioning Bo's future at Kennesaw State while keeping him as a respected you know, individual within the program. Is that like two years down the line when we go two and 10 back to back years and see USA? Um, is that, you know, next year when we go, Oh, and 12, you know, what, at what point
1: does that start to creep into the back of your mind? First off, please never say the words, Bo giving birth ever. Again. <laughs> um, I couldn't think of another analogy <laughs> created I mean, Bo created Kennesaw state football in a sense. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I mean, he's I, the I, founder. I, 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 I've lost all my trains of thoughts right now, Um, but no, I see what you're saying. You know, I don't think we don't, we're not eligible for a bowl game next year anyway. So, you know, in a way I can see next year being another quote um, development year in a way. Um, Obviously we have to be a lot better than we are this year. We know the coaches, we know the plan. We've recruited another year in our system. You have something to say, Kai? No, no, no. Sorry. Yeah. We just, uh, we, we, we need to be, we need to be a competent team next year by next year. There's, there's no excuses um, whether that means, you know, winning four or five games, whatever it might be winning a couple FBS games. We need to see some progress. We need to see some of the players brought in really make some strides and say, Hey, you know what? We, we get a few players here or there, and we got something. We need to start filling out the scholarship chart, um, you know, but I, I, you know, I will start, you know, really harshly judging probably towards the end of next year. Um, and then into 2026.
0: Yeah, I would say.
1: I'm sorry, know, into 2020, into uh, 2025.
0: Gotcha. I would say that. So if we're trying to be completely fair here. So next year will be division one single A. Um, I think, you know, say you brought in any, I mean, it's a whole different division of football. So I think you got to give him, a recruiting class right so next year will be our first d1 single a recruiting class he should get at least three years um to to bring in that type of player
1: yeah and i kind of i kind of see it that way like you know like when you bring in a new coach the rule is you want to give him four years you know we're not quite starting over with those rules so i think he should get you know three years before we even do anything like we can start to probably form, you know, I think harsher opinions towards the end of next year or more concrete opinions on maybe we can see which way it's going. But I I don't think, you know, we're really going to be able to state anything for a fact until, you know, about two years down the line from right now.
2: Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think um, next year you start to be more critical, but it's hard for me to see a scenario where I'm calling for his head after next year regardless of what happens even if we go on 12 i would be very disappointed if that was the case because i think uh you need to earn respect early um you need to show that you can compete you know and just be in games that
1: goes a long way in recruiting so that's all i got on that yeah at, this year is you know we we, we want to win because it's it's it looks bad for our program it, it does not help recruiting like you know nope. i wanted to i wanted to beat chattanooga you know now it's like oh you guys couldn't even beat chattanooga you know maybe i'll give them a look so okay. um we that's another reason to win this year so we're we're playing a dangerous game um it's either play everybody this year and go for it and continue you know try and get that you know that 6 7 wins 8 wins whatever but that's not what we elected to do and we're playing a dangerous game hopefully it doesn't hurt our recruiting at all but like bo said you know going to fbs that's opens up a lot of doors that were once you know closed to us Absolutely,
0: John. You you had had mentioned that uh, we won't be bowl eligible next year. It'll be the year after. But will we at least be able to like can like if say everything went perfectly, would we be able to play for that conference? I am not sure. I think so.
2: We could also technically be ranked in the AP top
0: (laughs) twenty-five. There we go. Okay, so why is it bowl game?
2: Um. I'm not, it's just an NCAA ruling. Um, but I know James Madison was ranked in the top 25 while they were bowling eligible. Just weird little nugget. Yeah,
1: uh-huh. and they have they do this all the time. You know, in basketball, you know, you'll hear about schools that win the conference but can't go to the tournament because they transitioned from, you know, D2 to D1. So there's all kinds of stupid NCAA rules.
2: I want to say we could win the conference because in basketball, you can win the conference in your first year of Elevation. Happened last year with uh, Merrimack in the NEC. And then the runner-up win and won a game in the tournament. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it's um, all kinds of it's all kinds of do, different rules, different years. They change the rules. You know, you can w- oh, you can win the ASUN, but you can't go to the NCAA tournament, or you know, it it just you know it, it really all depends. I don't know. I don't have that answer. No. I was right. just curious. No. Yeah. Anyway, so final question. This one probably won't spur as much discussion.
2: Um, just prediction. We have three more Division One games left on the schedule. Does Kennesaw State? win another D1 game this year or win a single D1 game this year I should say yes,
1: yes. um yes i mean char i mean these guys are going to be our guys are going to be pissed off you know charleston uh, charleston southern or tennessee Martin was it tennessee tennessee, tennessee state tennessee, tennessee state. state same thing um you know next week is the game i think we we got to win man for the rivalry and just agree 77 points
0: and and look like I said, in the Furman game, top five team in the country right now. I mean, we showed we can compete. Um, we just got to, A, get healthy, B. Um, look, Coach Bow going 0-3, it's not all happy-dory over there. It, they're they're getting them ready to go. Um, so I'm looking forward to this, this upcoming week.
2: I, I agree with you guys. I think we beat uh, Charleston Southern. Um, I think we definitely lose to Sam Houston State, and there's no shame in that. You know, they're FBS and we're not. Um, and I have a tough time seeing us beating Tennessee state. I think they're two and zero in FCS right now. Um, and I don't know what the redshirt situation is going to look like. I'm guessing that's a game that we probably won't prioritize as much as some of the other remaining ones. So I'm going to say we win next week, but other than that, um, it gets tricky. So,
1: yeah. And it's impossible to say, you know, we, we just, we just don't know who's going to be healthy. We don't know who's going to be redshirting. what the plan is for the coaches. I mean, I'm hoping Nathan Wright is back on the offensive line next week, but I have, you know, I have no idea, but we we just don't have enough information to really make those educated uh, guesses in my opinion.
2: Right. All right. If y'all have nothing else to add, I can go ahead and take us out.
1: Um, I do have one thing. Um, I can't wait for the off season. You know, I want to see people, you know, new players, obviously recruited, brought in and I want Bo to go like coach prime on everything. You know what I mean? Like, you know, oh, you're not trying. All right. You don't want to be here. Get the hell out of my program. Um, so I, I do want to, you know, I do want to see some, uh, you know, I do want to see a, an, an edge from Bo. I do, you know, I hope this renews or not renews, but he's always been passionate. But I hope this kind of remotivates the entire coaching staff like, hey, we need to get a lot better than we are right now.
2: I think that'll happen. I promise I you that's happening. a lot of guys. Looking.
1: Yeah. And that's it.
2: All right y'all. Yeah,
0: thank you all so much for having me on. Um uh, next time you have Nick on just give him a hard time, please. And uh I really appreciate it, guys. Yeah,
2: yeah. thanks for coming on, Trey. You were great. Uh, I appreciate it,
0: Trey.
2: We would love to have you back on sometime in the future. Thanks for coming. Anytime. Joining. Anytime. All right y'all. Well, we will be back with our midweek update on Thursday. We'll talk a little bit about Charleston Southern and uh everything else around Kennesaw State Athletics. Have a great week, y'all.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Owl Chat Podcast. As a reminder, you can follow our
2: hosts on Twitter at KSU Owl Howl and at Big owl Blog. You can also view additional content on BigOwlblog.com. And be sure to join the online community of Owl fans at KSUOwlHowl.com slash forum. Until our hosts return, stay happy, stay healthy. And as always,
0: Go Owls!